in here tight. Bring it in tight. Bring it in tight. Bring it in tight. Hey, I'll tell you what. When you find a way to get a dub, a lot of adversity we fought through today. But to get to 5-0, and long way to go. There's only one thing you can say. How about guys stepping up? No, no kidding, Hey, guys stepping up all over the place. How about Santos coming back, making the big field? Yeah. Guys like Canero Hodge, Josh Reynolds, give it up. Yeah. And again, our leader, Goff, capping it off with the yeah. Special brewing here. Yes, Keep it rolling. Let's go. Family on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams. Your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy, Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. This is the Monday edition, and you know what that means. It's Victory Monday, my friends. It's 5-0 somewhere, and it's 5-0 in La La Land. I've got the man, the myth, the legend, James Kroger with me to break it all down. James, how you doing, bud? Oh, dude, I think I have a lot more gray hair than I did this morning because, um, you know, we got away with the victory there, but it was a, it was quite the roller coaster of emotion and, and stress, and we'll get into it, but I'm doing great being 5-0, man, to answer <laughs> yeah. the question. Yeah, at the end of the day... A win is a win, and we're gonna break it all down here, guys. Interesting. This is kind of a, this is gonna be a fun podcast for both of us because I was at Disneyland all day. Had my brother and the kids come in. My mom's in town. We all went to Disney, and it was kind of one of those things where I knew I was giving this football day up, but it was a family day, and I was gonna be at Disney. And and mind you, I sent James, I sent you a snap today, but for everyone out there listening, I was definitely rocking a Rams shirt and a Rams hat. And uh, repping out at Disneyland. Confirmed. I saw it. He was. I saw it. Yeah, and it's funny. There were actually, because University of Washington was in town, which I actually saw that game at the Rose Bowl versus UCLA on Saturday, uh, there was a lot of Seahawks fans. Because I think people came down, they're like, dude, we'll hit a UW game at the Rose Bowl on Saturday, and we'll do Disneyland on Sunday. I mean, it's basically what my brother did. And there it was. We were, I was face-to-face with so many Seahawks fans. And we were there early. We went there at like 7 in the morning and walking around with my Rams gear. And I felt super confident. And then throughout the day, as I started checking my phone and started texting with you, and my stepdad, who was a Seahawks fan, is kind of in my ear. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, how are we tied? How are we down? How is it so close? I thought we'd be up 17, mm-hmm. not 17-17. And... People started get started shooting me the look halfway through. You know, I sat there, and I really only got a little bit of the game that fourth quarter, eh, probably about five minutes left. We sat down. My nephew was actually about to go do uh, a training, a Jedi training, with the one and only Darth Vader and Kylo Ren. And so there I am watching all these kids doing, you know, Jedi training, and I've got the game up on the phone. I'm texting with you. You're sending me Snapchats. They go for it on fourth and one. But I can't wait to pick your brain on everything that happened because you kept texting me and saying we're stressed out. So before we get going, guys, make sure to hit the subscribe button. Go follow us. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can find me and James on Twitter, LA underscore Rambling Bear, at Kroger 3 Rams Podcast, Locked on Rams. We've got 
Facebook, we've got Instagram, all accounts as far as those two names. So go check us out. Me and James are going to be jumping back on the mic here in a day or two to do a Rams podcast. So you'll get to hear me say how I missed this game again. Uh, but it was it was stressful because I thought this was going to be I was kind of into my Disney thing is, oh, we'll be up by 30. I'll be at Disney having a blast. I'll be having a picture with, you know, Mickey, not even thinking twice about it. But here we are, <laughs> close game. So we'll get right into it. I guess we'll kind of just, you know, James, I need you to fill me in on some details because I'm looking at the line here and I see, you know, Todd Gurley with not a crazy amount of rushing yards, right? He had 77 on 22 carries, but those three touchdowns that jump out at you, and then, obviously, Jared Goff, another good game, but he does have those two interceptions. Uh, he got sacked once, but 23 of 32 for 321 yards, over the 300-yard mark again. But I guess I'm just going to give the mic over to you now, James, and walk me through it. Talk to me about some of your pain points. Talk to me about the game, how stressful this was, and how your gray hairs have increased. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so, Bear, first of all, you know, L.A. underscore Rambling Bear, you certainly live up to your name. At the Rose Bowl on Saturday, <laughs> this guy at Disneyland on Sunday, this guy stinks to be you, it sounds like. But I, I, Life I am, sucks. Yeah, it sucks to be Bear. But, um, you know, I, you were kind of killing me not being able to chat with you during this game, although no worries there. But I was just, I wanted to text you every three seconds because <laughs> this game started off super high energy. First off, I want to actually congratulate Roger Saffold on his 100th career NFL start with the Rams. Nice. He's actually played every position on the line except for center. So huge shout out to him. Great game from him. So starting there, Barry, this game, you know what Seattle Seahawks Century Link, Century Link Field Stadium is like. You can't hear anything. Super high energy. This is a rivalry that goes back so going into the game everybody was just super fired up and it was really apparent right off right off the block so Seahawks go down the field and score almost immediately there's a lot of stuff going on right in the in the first quarter Littleton blocked a punt again right Goff at one point he went back lost the ball out of his hand he scrambled for it picked it up and almost completed a pass I think it was to Woods early in the beginning, and then he threw that interception to Gurley. Gurley ended up getting the tackle on that on that play. Joyner and Lockett were getting into it. They were having a shoving match every other play in the beginning. They were just going at it. There were quite a few shoving matches going on. Everybody was, you know, our team was was frustrated with, with being run against so bad, and it was just, you could, you could sense the rivalry. You know, we kind of felt really confident about this game going into it. I, I didn't think at all that it would be tied at halftime. Oh. I, I just thought we were going to tear them apart. And, yes, I know that we've been scored against, you know, San, oh, I almost said San Diego. The Chargers scored a good <laughs> amount against us. And, you know, this defense needs really needs a lot of work, and it's never been more apparent than right. with this game in Seattle. So I want to get into that, and we'll probably go deeper and deeper in Rams podcast when we record that. But this defense, man, was struggling. Peters just – he had two touchdowns thrown over his head. Mm. Um the run D was – they just got yards against us consistently. And I think uh, it was the third game in the row – or second game in the row for the Seahawks to uh, have a, a rusher go for multiple games with 100-plus yards. And that hasn't happened since they had Marshawn Lynch, I believe. So they were tearing it up. On top of that, you see Sue just in the beginning just biting at Russell Wilson's heels constantly. He's getting so close. And same with Brockers. And Aaron Donald's right there too on Sue's – 
uh, sack later in the game. Aaron Donald, he would he would have had it if it was half a second later. So these guys were all over Wilson, but at the same time, Wilson's just going crazy, scrambling all over the field. There's really nothing you can do, and he's he's getting these plays. He's missing his tight end. You know, his receivers are short, fast guys. Lockett tore it up today. He had a great game. Wilson was just was just making things happen. He was honestly he was amazing, and he tore this this defense up. But you look at our D on paper. We've been talking about him all offseason. Not all as well in 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 Los Angeles uh, defensively. Bears so very high energy, very stressful. Happy we won, but you know there's there's plenty to talk about. Yeah, I love it. And and you know just listening to a few of those things and kind of I you know I pulled up the box score here to kind of work with your stories to kind of put some numbers behind it. And you talked about that rush defense, and I'm looking. We gave up 190 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Uh, 19 carries from Carson on 116 yards. And then Mike Davis threw in 12 carries for 68 yards. Every time I kind of kept looking back to my phone, I would, you know, it gives you the most recent play. And it was like a big run from the Seahawks or another first down picked up and them coming down and, and putting more points on the board. We talked about how Peters gave up, you know, two touchdowns over his head. Start to think in my own head, is he healthy, right? You know, he played through injury last week. But at this point, is he where is he at as far as level of health, or is he just kind of getting beaten? You know, is it am I giving him an excuse? Am I giving him an out? Or is this defense, like you said, Los Angeles, just not what we kind of thought it was going to be at this point? We're five weeks in, we're undefeated. Our offense is putting up numbers like crazy. Again, we go over the thirty mark, and we really expect our defense to win some ball games. They did it against Minnesota at the end of the game, uh, but to give up these numbers against the Seahawks, who have struggled this year, now two and three. Uh, a team that we talked about last week that, you know, barely beat the Cardinals. And now here they are dropping 31 points on our defense. It doesn't really vote well to, you know, looking forward at things. But that's just the way it is right now. What we're going to do is we're actually going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to jump aside to get some words from our sponsors. We're going to be back and we're going to go deeper into this. We're going to talk more about this defense. I want to get a little bit more about that offense and how we were able to really put up some numbers and then talk some coaching strategy with, with McVay and how that came uh, down at the end. But we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. All right, guys, before we move on, I want to talk to you about Shady Rays. Yes, the best sunglass company out there. They're an independent sunglass company with the best guarantee. Not only a craftsmanship guarantee on their product, but if you lose them or you break them, they're going to give you a brand new pair. All you have to do is cover the shipping and handling most sunglasses go for about 45 bucks. They do have a couple ones that go up a little bit higher, but they're offering you, the Locked On listener, exclusively the best deal that they've had yet. It's a buy one, get one, or 50% off of two or more sunglasses. All you have to do is enter the promo code LOCKEDON. So go to shadyrays.com, S-H-A-D-Y-R-A-Y-S.com. Enter the promo code LOCKEDON and get 50% off of two pairs or more. Basically, a buy one, get one. Find a friend. Go halfsies on the best pair of sunglasses you'll ever own. I'm not even joking to you. I got two of them. I live in California. I wear these things everywhere. I went on a camping trip last week, and I was so confident that I could really do anything with them because they were going to have my back at any time. It's the best warranty in the game. I, I didn't even know this existed in sunglass world, but you got to jump on it. And you got to jump on it now. So the promo code is just running for the time that we're doing this sponsorship for a couple weeks. So check it out. ShadyRace.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON and you can thank me later. I guarantee it. Give it a loop. Give it a loop. Give it a loop. Give it a loop. 
All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Victory Monday. Celebrate, enjoy, live it up, because although it wasn't a pretty win, it's a win. And we are one of two remaining teams at 5-0. We're joined by James Kroger of Rams Podcast. We're going to flip the script. We started kind of with some defense and what he was kind of bubbling over about. But let's get to some of this offense. Talk to me, because I did see we had two players go into uh, concussion protocol that didn't return. I saw all of a sudden Kaderil Hodges' name being thrown in there, and I saw it looked like Robert Woods was returning punts. So talk to me about the offense. What were your thoughts about that uh, here on this game? Kaderil Hodge came in, got a reception, and also uh, Reynolds saw some playing time, but he just wasn't quite connecting as much. But I'm, I'm actually pretty pissed about this. You were talking about you know being feeling pretty good on Monday and, and, and holding our heads up high. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried about the fact that both Cooper Cup and Cooks are in concussion protocol, specifically Cooks, because you'll see that that hit uh, tomorrow if you haven't seen it yet, Bear, but it was dirty mm. hit, and I forgot who the player was on, on the, the Seahawks defense, but I was furious with this hit. It, they did end up calling it. So basically what happened was Robert Woods got the ball on the right side of the field. It was kind of a post. He got the ball, got hit. He, he ran a couple – uh, yards got hit in the head super hard you'll see the replay loses the ball uh fumbles it technically and then seattle recovers so everybody's going crazy in seattle right because they think they got the ball back but this hit was so hard and dirty that cooks did the whole you know pass out zombie arms in the oh, air no. you know like and it looked bad it, it looked like he got knocked the f out dude and it was just i was furious at the hit i was worried that what the heck you know we just got him and this is gonna happen i knew immediately he was gonna go under concussion protocol but he did the like frozen yeah uh thing yeah, and everybody in seattle's going wild yeah so you know that happened and it turned out that they did get the ball but because because of the penalty uh rams still had possession of the ball so the penalty basically got rid of the of the turnover for us so we got the ball back. Cook's head of the sidelines. He looked a little spacey. And then I actually – I was up, but I didn't see this one. But Cooper Cup got his concussion in the second half. It happened really early in the second half because I was out doing some yard work at halftime, and I came back, was just wrapping up. And all of a sudden, I get an update saying that Cooper Cup is now under concussion protocol. And then from there, you know, he's on my fantasy. Yeah. But I'm more, I'm more worried about this offense because down goes two of the best receivers – on the team or two, yeah. you know, two of the three. So after the game, Sean McVay did provide an update. I've been glued to the, to social media trying to figure out what's going on and what's going to happen, how long they're going to be out, how big of a deal this is. I think he alluded a little bit more to cup in his response, but I'll read you the quote. It's a bit long. Um, he said, quote, they're doing really well right now. Obviously they'll be in the protocol, but in terms of the way they checked out signs are pointing in a positive direction. Hmm. If that means anything, <laughs> I don't I don't know. Uh, I know that if you're still experiencing some of these symptoms, then that's when you're starting to get concerned. But those guys feel good, and they were able to have normal conversations just seeing them in the locker room. I know they wanted to come back, but ultimately we want to be smart with those things. Hopefully we'll get those guys back this week, but nothing more important than being smart about that. So pretty worrisome there. Um, yeah, and we'll see. We'll ev let everybody know on social media how the tests go this week and whether or not they're going to practice and, and be able to play next weekend. Yeah, so, I mean, well, I mean, there's some, some uh, silver lining there, and it sounds like, I mean, out of the two, just from what you described, and I'm actually 
my plan is tomorrow to find this game tape and watch it because I'm dying to watch this oh, game man. now. Um, but it sounds like Cooper at least is maybe a little bit ahead of Brandon Cooks as far as how the impact. But you never know with these concussions. They're a little bit weird. Yeah. It's scary for Cooks, too, because you think back to the Super Bowl uh, when he got knocked out of that game. He took a crazy hard hit and couldn't return. And so, you know, I don't really know how many he has and how those start really adding up. And the more you have, the scarier it really is. But hopefully for his factor that it was just one of those hits where it hit him right on and maybe it did knock him out really quick, but uh, not so much as the, the trauma that, you know, will lead to him missing multiple games. And really for his career as, as far as, you know, having that being a lingering effect because you've seen other people. And we have people on our team, Sam Shields. You know, I mean, he's a very good case of, what it can do and, and you know had to step away from the game and came back but uh definitely a scary moment as you see that uh just kind of recapping on those guys uh cooper cup ended up with six catches 90 yards and scored a touchdown in the first half 27 was as long robert woods had another good game five catches 92 yards they really leaned on him on that last drive that i was following uh, when we came down and made the kick but uh, offensively, talk to me about how you thought Jared Goff played on the road, division rival. Uh, you know, we talked all week about we thought this would be a cakewalk, but, you know, kind of coming back down to earth, understanding this is the NFL, you're on the road, you're playing in a really tough place, like you said, at CenturyLink. Those fans go crazy. When it's a good game, they get even more into it. But how did Jared Goff handle himself on the road? I see the two interceptions. Maybe talk to me a little bit about that as well. Yeah, right. So Jared Goff has continued really to be amazing, even though on paper his QB rating this week wasn't nearly close to his perfect rating last week. But the things that impressed have been impressing us about Jared Goff, right, is is him being calm behind the line, his leadership and his confidence back there as well, and his his accuracy. Last week at home, he was so stinking accurate. That's what really took everybody out of the system quarterback conversation and started talking about Jared Goff. They said before the game that he was MVP candidate at this point. Obviously, Mahomes and there's a few others that are in that conversation as well. But we probably would have thought that we'd be talking about Gurley here or maybe somebody else. But Jared Goff's actually the one on the team that they're talking about for the MVP conversation. I don't know if that's going to continue after this game. But, hey, we got the W. But Goff, you know, those three things that I mentioned, calmness, confidence, and accuracy, he got the first two right in Seattle, which is is very difficult. We know how loud that stadium is personally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could see the camera shaking as always, and they were super loud with this rivalry up there. And you know, one thing, it looks kind of cold up there, man. I'm sitting in my, with my shirt off, you know, shirtless Kroger as I am watching this game. <laughs> And uh, it looked cold, and you and I both know what that feels like. And yeah. uh, I was pretty happy to be back down here in the in, in the sun. I think JB Long before I, I saw before kickoff that posted that the Rams haven't played up in Seattle before December in like five or eight years or something crazy like that. But he said temperature was 49 degrees, so it felt like winter anyway. It felt like late December, so even though it was supposed to be a little bit of an advantage for us, you know, going up there earlier in the year, ended up being almost the same climate. You mentioned that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, good to hear that he did some things. To, what happened on those interceptions? Were they, were, was it tip balls or were they pretty much Jared's fault or how did that go down? They weren't Jared's fault. They were both tip balls. The first one was to Todd Gurley and it kind of just, it just was one of those things, man. You can't really point the blame on it, but it definitely, 
you know, the throw may have been a little off, but it was it was pretty solid. And, you know, the three things I mentioned earlier, calmness, confidence, and accuracy, Goff kind of struggled with the accuracy, to be honest, uh, in the beginning. And then when, when uh, Cooks came out and they put Reynolds in there, they had a few passes to Reynolds that they couldn't quite connect. He was overthrowing them a bit. But regarding the interceptions, the first one was to Gurley. It just was one of those things where they got bobbled in the air. Somebody snagged it. Gurley ended up getting the tackle on that play, which was yeah. kind of cool to see because he's a big dude. And the second one was kind of the same situation. To be honest, I didn't I, – I can't uh, quite remember it now, but I know it was a bobble. And I, I will say that it wasn't Goff thrown directly to a defensive player. It was kind of a uh, – I think it was a bobbled ball as well. I'll have to, I'll have to double-check that. But, yeah, man, Goff was still – you know, his QB rating may not be – as strong but he he held it together especially at the end we ran into a lot of stressful situations and you you mentioned the fourth down conversion we had we see hecker out there ready to punt and then the seahawks actually called a timeout and then all of a sudden you see goff out there with his helmet back on and he just you know that was a that was a really sticky situation you know it was a minute 39 left to play we're on our own 42 yard line so if we would have failed we would have given Seattle the ball when our defense was really doing crappy almost the whole game. Yeah, uh, we would have given that Seattle the ball, really only needing about ten yards to get a, a field goal, and so it was super risky, man. And golf was really calm out there, and they made the play happen. Of course, we rely on Gurley, and we saw what happened. But it was, you know, golf. I'm, I'm so. I, I'm, I still love the guy. The two interceptions. It looks crappy on paper, but watching the game, it wasn't. Uh, Wish I could have taken those back on on the stat sheet. Yeah, and you talked about those two interceptions, and you talked about him spreading the ball around, and you know having to have other receivers come in. He ended up throwing to seven wide receivers slash tight ends throughout the game, with you know Woods being the number one receiver cut behind that. But Josh Reynolds, you mentioned two catches on three targets. Todd Gurley again getting in there. Higby, we got into the tight ends. Gerald Everett got three catches. So nice to see those tight ends pitching into this. And you talked also about that that play to go for it on fourth. We'll talk about a little bit more on the other side of the break as well. But, you know, think back to when Greg Zerline got hurt in the first place and we started going for two in that game and we started going for it a few times. Well, we, it, we almost had to. And exactly, we had to. And then, you know, uh, McVay was asked after the that game and said, is this going to, later in the season, is this going to maybe, you know, give you that advantage to go for it? And I think this game was our perfect example of that, right? He was sitting here... You talked about the field position. Our defense hasn't stopped anybody all game. And if he blows that call and we don't get the first down, they come down and win the game. Can you imagine how he would have been, you know, kind of thrown under the bus? Uh, we saw that a couple weeks ago in Indy when, when they made that decision in overtime. But I love it. I love the aggressive call, and I'm with him, you know, 100% behind that. Yeah, and some more context with that call because Jared Goff was, was interviewed about it after the game and it's pretty funny uh what he said because he he wasn't really expecting it he said i thought we were punting i went back on the field just to talk to one of the officials about something as i'm turning around the offense is running back on and i'm like all right i guess we're going for it that's the quote from golf and then uh, rich rich hammond also tweeted something saying that the rams players were the ones that changed McVay's mind on that fourth down call like I said Seahawks called a timeout to to get the situation straight and uh, they were the offensive teammates felt so confident that they just they convinced them to go for it 
So that was almost the players influencing McVeigh to to make that happen, and it was cool to see that McVeigh trusts his players so much to to pull the trigger on that. And I got a couple more things I want to mention about this offense, Bear. All right, perfect. What we'll do is we'll step aside. We'll take our last word from a sponsor. On the other side, we'll catch up the rest of what James has to say about this offense, McVeigh, the play calling, and more. We'll be right back with more on the Victory Monday episode with James Kroger. All right, guys, before we get over to the third segment, I want to talk to you about MyBookie.ag. You know what the deal is. We love MyBookie.ag. It's not always about who you're going to bet on, but where are you going to bet it on? Go to MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN25 to get $25 whenever you deposit $100. Guarantee you is the best deal they have going. And the best thing is it's for anybody. If you already are a member, go use the promo. Get the money. I love it. Every time I deposit, I'm throwing 25 extra dollars on top of what I put down. It makes me super happy. I feel like I'm already winning. They've got in-game live betting, super fast payouts. They've been in the industry for years, so they're the best of the best. Bear stamp of approval, which that, that means something these days. So go check them out. MyBookie.ag, promo code LOCKEDON25, and share your picks with me because I'm trying to win some money. I've been doing a little bit better lately. But I'm always open to hear a good bet idea. So hit me up. You know where to find me. MyBookie.ag. Promo code LOCKDOWN25. All right, Rams Nation. It is the Monday edition. Victory Monday, 5-0. Soak it up. We got a whole week of breaking this game down and looking forward to next week, kind of figuring out where we move forward. I mean, it's funny, a 5-0 team, but we still got some things to talk about. James, we kind of left off on the other side. You were kind of walking us through some of the stuff as far as, you know, we just talked about McVay going for it, the team kind of talking him into it. What else did you see from, you know, maybe McVay's play calling or anything else in the game you want to mention? Yeah, there's a few things, and I got a positive and a negative. And you mentioned Sean McVay's play calling. <laughs> it's so great, man. I love it. He, you know, Todd Gurley was interviewed after the game and said Sean McVay is a genius and the best offensive mind in the NFL. So he was interviewed about it before the game, Sean McVay was, and he said that a summary of his offense would be the illusion of complexity. And I really love that because we go and see what they're doing during the game. We run so many stinking jet sweeps. And then we, you know, utilize that to take advantage of these defenses and mix it up on them. And there's one play that stuck out to me in particular. I might have the guys mixed up. Sorry, everybody. But I believe we had Todd Gurley going in motion from once from the left side of the field to the right. Yeah, it was Todd Gurley. And then right after that, Robert Woods from the right side of the field goes in motion left. And you know how often we do that whole uh, hike the ball, toss it in front of you, yeah. little little deal. So he kind of alluded to that was going to happen to Gurley when he ran across, but it didn't. And he kept it going. And then he motioned over Woods to the ball and did it right before Woods got there, hiked it, tossed it in front of him. So in your mind, you know, you see Gurley across the other side of the field, right side super strong. And then all of a sudden they motion Woods. And you can't – it wasn't – when I said they motioned Woods, he was right next to the tight end, so they didn't have a lot of time to adjust. But essentially, snagged the ball and had a huge gain. And it was just, and that play was a perfect example of what McVay meant by the illusion of complexity, because it really is a simple play. But at the same time, you think McVay, this offensive genius, he's going to have something crazy up his sleeve. And it was just, it was just a simple play that got a lot of yards. So uh, that was the positive. And that is that, you know, 
I was stressing in the fourth quarter, man. And we'll we'll as we record on Rand's podcast later this week when we you know get an hours worth of time and really break it down, we'll 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 get into this. And our time management. Remember last year when Sean McVay said that you know that was his bad, and he tended to take time out a little bit too early. Um, before the was over, he he went back to that. I think his high pressure got to him, and I'm not exactly sure how much time was left in the fourth quarter when we ran out of our last timeout, but it was stressful, man. So to wrap up this offense, one more thing I want to mention is with two minutes left in the game, Todd Gurley has played every snap, and yes, we rely heavily on Gurley. He's got three touchdowns, should have had four. And he, you know, was an MVP candidate last year, offensive player of the year last year. And he's our guy. He's everybody's guy. But at the same time, it made sense because of the Cooks and Cup injuries. You know, we had to kind of rely on him a little, a little bit more. But it's it's almost frustrating that we couldn't open up the offense a little bit more and, and, and maybe get some more passes to the tight ends. And potentially use Gurley uh, in, a, in a passing play. But it's, you know, it's kind of worrisome when Gurley has played every single snap offensively. You know, typically sometimes when we get a lead, we'll put in Malcolm Brown or something like that and give him some breaks. But we really relied on him this game. And I don't know your opinion on this, but I, if you think that's a good thing or you think it's kind of scary? Yeah, I mean, I think at a certain point, you got to do what you got to do, right? I mean, if you're down two of your best receivers, then you got to look to your number one running back and your other, really at that point, and I mean, going into the game, he's probably our number one offensive weapon. But as you lose those two guys, it's kind of all hands on deck. Like, you don't get a break anymore. Like, we're injured. We're down people. Like, we got to line you up in the slot to, you know, get Malcolm Brown in there to get some players to you know, really fill that roster and make some plays, then you got to do what you got to do. So it doesn't surprise me that he played every snap. I mean, if by half we lost, you know, two of our uh, top three guys. So, but I do love that we didn't go to him on that fourth down call. I'll tell you that right now. I love that <laughs> they just gave it to Goff because he's, you know, what, 6'5 or whatever he is. And just, you know, we've got one of the best offensive lines in the game right now. And, you know, just move a half inch and let him fall forward. And that's basically what they did. He got two yards on that fourth down play and, didn't try to get cute and, you know, try to pull a guard or try to, you know, do a little toss or anything to the outside to try to trick them or no play action or it's just kind of a Tom Brady move. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. And I love it. And it kind of goes back to a Belichick move, right? Don't get too cute mm -hmm. when you don't need to. If you want to get cute and do your double motion that you were explaining not too long ago and, and trick the defense, then go for it. But on a fourth and inches at the end of the game where if it fails, you're... especially right after they stuffed Gurley too. Yeah, exactly, and that's kind of what I saw. You know, as you know, following it on my phone is like, okay, what are we gonna do back to back? Jeff Fisher would have gone right back to that play, and maybe it works, <laughs> right? But I love that he was like, you know, what? we need six inches. I love that the players were able to talk him into it and just fall forward, get the first down, seal the game. No more timeouts. Take a couple knees and get out of here with a win. And a division opponent again, although the Seahawks not looking you know, excellent at this point, but they, they held with us that game. They definitely played up. It definitely makes that uh, Seahawk game coming home here in about a month uh, even more interesting as we look at that kind of looking ahead. But, uh, James, I love all this breakdown. I can't wait to go to watch this game myself. But before we get out of here, we got to do it. I, I'm not going to be able to give balls away today, but uh, you saw enough. You sound like you've been frustrated. You sound like you've been excited. So real quick before we get out of here, why don't we do the quick classic Game ball and play action ball. Give it to me, big dog. 
All right, Barry, this is going to be kind of a tough one because, oh, man, the, the, the game ball could go a few ways. But I think I'm going to have to give it to my boy Robert Woods who stepped it up after Cooper Cup and Cooks had concussion protocol because Robert Woods not only had five receptions for 92 yards, averaging 18.4 with a long of 31, he had seven targets, and he did have a couple rushing uh, carries too to be exact, for 53 yards, averaging 26.5 there with a long of 56, if you remember. So Robert Woods, well over 100 yards this game, plenty of targets, and he continues to be Jared Goff's boy and and hook it up when we have two of our other top receivers go down. So Robert Woods, consistently great, and, um, you know, that he's getting my game ball. I wish I could give it to Goff, but, you know, the two interceptions, even though arguably wasn't his fault, Gotta go with Woods. Well, and I'm, then, I'm proud of you there because that's your first non-golf game ball. So I love it. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I guess I, I guess I got a favorite, huh? Yeah, you got your your man crush Mondays in full effect, typically. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no comment. <laughs> All right, and for a, and for play that, action. Play action ball goes to our new kicker, Carol Santos, only because of the missed extra point because Ooh. that made the game that much more stressful when yeah. we were down one at the end of the game. I was flipping out because, you know, luckily we ended up going up, but dude, that, that one point just was not cool. And he kind of didn't, you know, it was in Seattle, a lot of pressure, but at the same time, you know, you got You know, you got to get this going on when, when you sign with the team this week. So uh, he did end up making another field goal, which was which was good. It was two for two. But yeah, man, extra point. Yeah, yeah. got to get that ball away. Man, it's crazy. I feel like we have been giving a lot of play action balls to kickers this year, and it just makes you miss Greg Zerline <laughs> more and more and more. And we'll see when we we get him back. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, yeah, who knows, especially after that missed extra point. I remember seeing us score that touchdown going, all right, we're tied. And then, you know, my stepdad goes, uh, no, you're not tied. Your kicker missed. And I was like, what? Uh, yeah. So you're right. It's, you know, he did end up with that big kick near the end to, you know, take the lead. But that could have cost us the game because if, you know, Seahawks come down and, you know, it sounded like they got themselves into some penalty trouble when they were in the field goal range that bumped them out. But if they kick that field goal with five minutes left and we have to go down and score and we don't, that all goes back to a missed extra point. And those are the little things that we never had to deal with when we had Greg DeLeg in there. So hopefully we see him sooner than later, if not this week, maybe a week after that. I know they want to get him healthy, uh, but we can't afford some of these you know, things that are happening. But I love your game ball. Robert Woods deserves it. I mean, that was most of what I saw was near the end and he was picking up big catches to set up that game winning field goal so uh great game ball play action ball we just got to get that figured out and then we'll have to you know move it on to somebody else but uh that kicking position has been a little bit tough but overall i love it guys we've got so much more to get into i'm gonna watch this game tonight or tomorrow morning that way on tomorrow's episode i can talk a little bit more to it james and i were talking uh while we were having a break we didn't even get a chance to talk about mark Barron's return yet we'll talk about that tomorrow <laughs> We'll talk a little bit more about this defense. We'll start breaking it down as I get some pro football focus numbers. We'll have a great episode for you guys tomorrow. But big ups, big thank you to Mr. James Kroger for coming on and really being my eyes and ears 
for football today because I was with family and he said you want to text me every five seconds. I probably would have been okay with it. I wasn't going to reply to you at all times, but every time I got an update from you and at one point I haven't had to go like, what's going on with our boys, man? I looked at the score. I need, I need some background depth, but I appreciate you keeping me up to date today while I was at the park, man. We got another victory. We're 5-0. and we're, we're creating space in our division. I love it. And we're getting greedy, man. We want to win all the time, and that's our mindset. These guys are excited. Can't wait to play some clips from the boys over the next couple days. But big thank you to James Kroger. James, we will see you when we talk Rams podcast in a day or two. Guys, don't forget to give that a follow. LA underscore Rambling Bear, J Kroger 3, Rams podcast, and Lockdown Rams. You know what it is. Until next time, Rams Nation. Peace.